this week on More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Some advice that I would have for any of the wives who might be in that situation or fiancés, especially if you're dating somebody who is an athlete. What I wish I'd known then that I know now is to bet on yourself. So at the time, I think I was putting too much on him for my security when God put that in me as well. Hey, it's Isabella Levy, business mentor, speaker, and the host of More Than Just a Trophy Wife, a podcast where we talk all things reality, riches, and relationships. Let's get to it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to More Than Just a Trophy Wife. Today, I am joined by a woman who honestly just sums up what I believe the new definition of a trophy wife should be. She definitely goes after her own trophy while supporting her man in getting his. So we are joined with LaShonda Martin, who is a wife, a mom of two boys, a former basketball player turned entrepreneur. And she's also the founder and CEO of the Sports Variety, which is a community for women in sports. I'm telling you people, she does a lot. She is also the co-founder of a barbershop in Atlanta alongside her husband who recently retired from the NFL. And LaShonda is also a lifelong learner that basically is just about impacting the world and the lives of women. And we've got it all to ourselves today. So LaShonda, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, that was quite the intro. Well, you have a lot going on. <laughs> It's true. Did I miss anything out at all? No, you you did really good there. (laughs) Did I hit did I hit the spot? So I'm all about kind of diving right in and for for my listeners of my audience to get to know us kind of as we go along. So Mm -hmm. from what I've heard about you, from what I've read about you, from what I've seen about you, you just have this clear leadership passion, perseverance inside of you. And I know that, of course, our experiences really mold us to the person that we are today. So I would love for you to share with me and, of course, the listeners where that really came from. Sure. First, I just want to say thank you, Isabella, again, for having me on. I love what you're doing, your positivity, your energy. It's awesome. I just know that the women listening are my people and a community of like-minded women. So I'm just grateful that you have me on to share a little bit of my story. Um, I would say it started out, I was born in Indiana to my, my mom is white and my dad is black. So they were an interracial couple. I was born in the eighties. And uh, so during that time in the Midwest, it was difficult for them to be together. They caught grief from family and even outside of family. So I like to think that I was born with that, with that spirit of resilience. Mm. When I was nine, I started to play basketball. I fell in love with the game of basketball and sports really introduced what you're talking about, uh, the leadership, the passion, the perseverance learning how to dedicate the necessary time to something that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially on the resilience piece, when you get further along, when when you're considering playing at the college level and even the pro level, you start to see the business side of sports, which isn't so pretty. And actually, quick story, when I was 17, I journeyed from Indiana down to Georgia. So they tell you not to do this, not to sign with the college for the coaches, but I did. I fell in love with the coaches. So 
Um, I was a part of the NCAA National Signing Day. I just went through the whole recruiting process, and I decided that I wanted to head to a small town, Macon, Georgia, and go to this school called Mercer University to play for these coaches. Freshman move-in day, here I am, 17 years old, and the coaches call a meeting and tell the team that they have decided to pursue jobs elsewhere. They're going, they're, they're coaching elsewhere. So right away, I, I had just moved. Like I said, I'm 17 years old and my mentors have just told me that they are leaving. And so I have no family down there. And I ended up staying for the season because I was on a full scholarship. So I stayed for that season to play. And then when the season was over, a new coach came in and she essentially cut everybody's scholarships to bring in her her own team, especially the younger players. The younger players didn't have a chance. So I was I quickly had to become resilient and decide, okay, what now? Everything that I just put my life into has changed. You know, in high school, the other kids were going to dances or doing whatever they do, and I'm in the gym. I'm working on my craft for that ultimate goal of getting a scholarship. Mm. So that was kind of the first blow at a young age that um, I like to think that I had to rebound from. So I decided to, I actually gave up basketball after that. I was like, I don't want to play anymore. It's just been a lot. My dad convinced me to continue playing, but I pivoted to focusing on academics. So I, from there, I went to a prestigious university, Emory in Atlanta. Some of your listeners may be familiar with Emory University, but I decided I would still play basketball, but this time I would focus on my, my education and life after sport. But I would say the combination of my upbringing and then my involvement in sports is really what allowed me to cultivate passion, perseverance, and resilience, and even purpose, why I'm still connected to sports and such an advocate for women in sports today, because I want to be able to help other women in this life navigate some of the things that I've also experienced and had to navigate. Yeah, I hear you completely. I think that, you know, everyone sees such a an amazing side of sports like on the field with with women's and and guys sports and the resilience that goes on in the back and the and the mindset and the mentality that you really have to have in order to keep pushing it forward and to basically get back up uh, every knockdown literally physically and mentally as well. It 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 cultivates someone, but I mean, I was just speaking to um, one of my partner's friends the other day who's a player mm -hmm. and he plays at like one of the biggest clubs in the world. And he still said like he's, he has this trouble with his confidence. By the way, he literally plays for Manchester United, the biggest club in England. Wow. And he said he <laughs> still has this confidence in the back of like, yeah, I've got to get up and go. But the, the mentality of it and the mindset work inside mm -hmm. of it, he's mm -hmm. still like, I still, I still struggle with that. So I know that was like, on scene and that developed your resilience. What yeah. mindset techniques or tools did you use then that you may not be of even been aware of that you were using from such a young age mm -hmm. um, that you can really see supported you? Oh man, um, what specific techniques? I would say I probably wasn't the best with this when I was younger. I would I'd say in the last five years I've really done more inner work 
And mm. I listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books. Like I think I told you I'm a podcast junkie. And I just believe that a lot of what we maybe our upbringing or our childhood has has taught us certain behaviors and certain patterns that don't always serve us. And one of those that I had at that young age was kind of a sense of entitlement. Um, I thought that the world owed me something. Like I said, it was complete shock to my ego whenever yep. she told me, like, we're not going to renew your scholarship. I just didn't even, you know, and, and it's kind of mm -hmm. like my life was over in a sense. And so um, I was forced to continue going because, I mean, just stopping life at that point wasn't an option. And um, from a young age, I was very high achieving and high performing. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that that just came from my parents, um, just always feeling like, I don't know, I had to perform. But then again, my brother isn't like that. So it's mm -hmm. something inherent in me that I'm just high performing, high achieving. Um, but again, in these last five years, I've really done the inner work and made it a priority to listen to resources that help me with my mindset and to navigate, you know, what it means to be a servant leader and to get outside of yourself. And, you know, the world owes you nothing. And I think that really helps you in life to be successful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I also know that the the high performer in you, whether if it was when you were playing or when you were doing the academic side of things, you know, that still cultivates you to who you are today. And of course, for everyone to then go and go and learn about themselves internally and then put that into the external world. So right. I'm intrigued how you went from playing to then the academic side of side of things at, at a university mm -hmm. and then meeting your partner what was that gap sure so another reason why i started the sports sorority and why we are launching a membership and we're actually launching the sports sorority on campuses so you will start to see it on college campuses as, oh, yeah, as a, yeah, as a mentorship program, career building, networking club, student led club is because when I was done at Emory, I said, OK, what do I want to do now? I know that I like right. sports. I've spent my whole life. My identity was attached to it in a lot of ways. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do my master's in sports administration because that says sports, you know, I'm let me, let me just buy some time and figure me it out. Think that has a ball around, she's in. Right, right, exactly, exactly. That's what I did. So I did my graduate assistantship there while I'm figuring it out. And um, I was in grad school at the time when I met my husband and he was in Atlanta rehabbing. He had actually came off of torn MCL and ACL. Mm, so he was the in the league already. ACL. Yes, yes. So he had the worst injury in his contract year, poor thing. And so he was rehabbing in Atlanta and we met out. <laughs> My husband, if you know him, he's the type of person that he will go out by himself, movies by himself. So he was out one night by himself. <laughs> And my friend had convinced me to go out that night. So we actually, I actually met my husband in the club, which is hysterical. When we the universe works in amazing ways. It does. So, and, and what's funny about that is neither one of us really like wanted to go out that night, but yeah, the universe just made it happen. So 
Um, so he saw me and asked my friend. My friend said, some guy wants to meet you, you know. So I was reluctant, but um, she introduced us. And then what's funny is nothing came of that. Nothing came mm. of that initial encounter. We both looked at each other. We said, you have a nice smile at the same time. And then um, I was actually in a, a situation. I was talking to somebody at the time. So that's that's it. So nothing mm -hmm. came back around until like a year later. A year later is when we connected on social media. And then we met up at the gym and kind of started our relationship. From there As you as a do. Friendship. Of course you met him at the, of course course you met up at, him at the gym. Yes, exactly. I just had to see what his work ethic was like. And, you know. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so, yeah, we started as friends there and then the the relationship progressed from there it actually progressed kind of quickly so from the time he asked me to be his girlfriend uh he proposed like 10 months later so yeah it was a wild ride <laughs> he was like i saw you in the club and then i came to the gym and now i'm still in your heart and i'm gonna put a ring on it exactly so, thank you for sharing that with, with me by the way and i think that you know, there's so many people that like share the story, the story. And I, I knew that you were a bit like, you know, funnily enough, we met in the club, but so many people do. And I think that's just the, like, that's just the way the, the world goes, mm -hmm. goes more. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think that there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Like I, right. I, re I really believe so many people have met their like lifelong, lifelong partners. So he was in, he was in rehab at the time, which of course is, is just an awful situation to to be in no matter what positivity you you take from it mm -hmm. um and so when you actually that year later when you got with him is he back playing yet or not so it was an interesting situation and he will actually say one of the reasons he was so attracted to me or he knew I was the one was not only for my ambition and vision but the fact that I helped him through what was one of the toughest seasons of his life because he didn't mm. know if he was going to get back in the league or not. Right. He didn't know if right. a team was going to pick him up. So during that time I was encouraging him to get in the gym with me because I was a personal trainer at the time. So we were doing two a days and I was really lifting his spirits during that time. And so we were dating, we were, we were dating at that time. And then he got picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars for one season. Um, and then we got engaged. And I don't know if you're going to ask me a little bit about this or not, but I had a decision to make where I was a personal trainer in Atlanta. And then he went to Jacksonville. So we did long distance a little bit. And I ultimately decided to move with him to Jacksonville. Um, and then he played one season there. And then we had to pick up and move again because he got picked up by Chicago, the Chicago Bears. So mm -hmm. out of his six seasons, I was a part of two. Yeah. Love it. You know what you said, which was like, it just kind of hit me straight away is you helped him get through the hardest season. And I think that as a significant other of of an athlete like people don't realize that you know you're not just his partner but you're literally like his massage therapist then and his like prayer Correct. partner and then like yes. you do, then you're like cooking and then now you're his assistant like exactly. you then have so many of these like different roles that as as you know, I think that women naturally take them on. Of course, we want to we want to care for our man, but I know also it's not the easiest of thing, and especially having to 
you know, I want to say inverted commas, sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, what you really had go- going on for then moving with your partner and being able to support him in, in his career. So moving more into the, t- the two seasons that you were with him out of the six, what was your experience like? And even, you know, supporting him, knowing that, okay, maybe this was his last last season or so you know that can be that can be mentally difficult and we all know that the industry the the career is so short what was your experience like moving through all of that yeah sure I know for us being in football you know they say the NFL stands for not for long (laughs) I think that's so true I think the average season is maybe three years so my husband Mm. was fortunate enough to play six there are a few players that are fortunate enough to play 15 20 plus years but they're definitely the minority So you have to be thinking about life after sport. As far as what it was like for me, I did not like being the quote unquote housewife or house fiance. Um, When I went to Jacksonville, I went from being a personal trainer and kind of having my own thing to then when I moved cities, uh, no longer having my clients there. And I was worried about, you know, like you said, being the prayer warrior, cooking, the cleaning. We had a couple of dogs. So I'm taking care of the dogs before our kids came along. So um, it was like that. And then when he went to Chicago, it was the plan for me to be up there the entire season. But then we got pregnant with our first child and I was horribly sick. So I ended up staying back in Atlanta for that season, just kind of traveling when I could for games. But to piggyback off that, some advice that I would have for any of the wives who might be in that situation or fiancés, or especially if you're dating somebody who's an athlete, what I wish I'd known then that I know now is to bet on yourself. Mm. So at the time, I think I was putting too much security in, I was putting too much on him for my security when God put that it's in me a as well. safety net. Yeah, right. so it's like God put that in me as well. So what I was doing without even realizing it was I had this perception that like God's vision of women wasn't as equal as it was to a man's. And when I mm. when I really got that inside of me that like God put everything that I need inside of me for that security. You know, he is my security and he put everything inside of me that I need for whatever I'm trying to get. Once I got that inside of me, I decided like, okay, it was time to bet on myself. So had I gone back and done the situation over, I probably would have just kept the long distance relationship. If If it's true love, it's like, it'll work itself out. Or if, if, I was going to move. And like I said to any woman, if, cause I know how, how love is. And it's just like such a, you know, the love of your life, the emotions are strong and it's a really fun time, especially, you know, when you're young and just cultivating that relationship. Um, but I would just ensure that if you are going to move, make sure it's a situation where you can still continue to do what you've been doing. You can still, you know, cross over those clients or you've, you built something up so that when you do move, you still have your own slice of the pie, your own sense of purpose, your own thing going on. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. So just in ending, there will come a time when there is life after sport, whether they retire, transition, transition, however you want to say it. And you don't want to be in a place 
of resentment or I was following you while you followed your dreams. Now, you don't know what that man's going to go through after he's done playing sport. My husband was lucky enough to know what he wanted to do. I hear of a lot of situations where the man has an identity crisis or I mean, there's just so many things that can happen after the career is over. And you just don't want to feel any resentment towards your partner. And you also just or, or have an identity crisis yourself. So I would just please, please encourage you to just bet on yourself and whatever plans you had before that man, meeting that man, continue on that path. And if it's true love, it's going to work itself uh, out around that. Don't build a life around him. Build a life with him. But from the from the standpoint of a true equitable partnership. That's what yeah. you want. You want a true equitable partnership. Yeah, I love that because, you know, God said the women, the woman came from the rib. It didn't come from the feet or the or the head, like no one's above or below, right? Like we're supposed Correct. to be standing side by side by side together. Um, and you know, I think that it's quote unquote easy to slip into those ways because you do have this safety net. And I say, like, your safety net is screwing you. Mm -hmm. Like you don't understand, like. Do you, if that safety net was taken away right now, like, can you put your hands on your heart and say, I would still be doing exactly what I, what I'm doing. Right. And the answer, the answer is, 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 um, probably no for most of the, the wives. One thing that I always knew is that I wasn't going to rely on anyone for my, my, you know, my emotional or financial independence. Yes, and that came from my, my own, per, my own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. But then I kind of was thrown into, the world so young from 12 years of age, me and my partner have been together for 10, for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I saw this side to life and I saw all, you know, all the women and we, we also, Kenji's parents are also in the football world. So I was like really looking from an outside point of view, like I don't fit in there because mm -hmm. everyone was kind of, you know, just speaking about the, the fashion football and I I it's love fashion yep. and and I yep. and I love being a part of it but there's just like I knew straight away uh, like the the spirit inside of me it was like always shifting away like I didn't want to go out for the dinners I didn't want to do that stuff and it's because I can't do surface level situations you mm -hmm. know like I mm -hmm. I want to know about your purpose I want to know about your passion and exactly. I think <laughs> that we as women have to really go there with each other like I mm -hmm. know that it can be so a quote unquote again easy to go into the conversation and just speak about the partner and just speak about what the where the next move and how was this move like women women connect over stuff so much deeper than mm -hmm. that and yes. if women really went there with each other as well and also then took the action on their own passion and their own purpose alongside while their man is you know creating his own dream and going after his own goals when he comes out of it you guys are going to be so solid together um which is only going to be you know an advantage to to each other something that me and my partner on are working on right now i've i've of course got my business but he's also got on the bull um mm -hmm. so we're co-founders of on the bull which is personal development and mindset for professional athletes yes and Awesome. He never even thought about like beyond his, his career until I started my business and I started to share, like, listen, if I'm going to be building my empire, like mm -hmm. I would love it if you could also build, start building yours as well. By the time this is over, we, yes. we want to be up here, right? Like we exactly. don't want to just fall back on and be like, 
oh shit, we wish we did so much differently. We wish we invested differently, X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. And we're in a situation that we move from um, you know, a Premier League team in England, which is the highest league to to yeah. Portugal. And, you know, the wage is so different in every in every way. Mm. And, you know, luckily for my business, we didn't have to stop doing a stop living a certain type of lifestyle because we both could come to come together. And it's something that I'm always, you know, fully available and, and really want to stand by my partner in that. And as you were saying, if you're gonna, if you're going to commit to being with a partner of an, a professional athlete, please have your own thing going on because your purpose was was given to you for for a reason and god god put you on this world world with no coincidence so you've got to find that from your experiences you know when you're speaking to other women and i know that you've done so many different events etc as well what do you think like really stops people from taking action on on their purpose and like on their mission and deepening their vision I think they think that they have time. So mm. at least for our community, even the, the conferences and the gatherings put on by either a women's association or a Christian association for athletes and their wives, the mm -hmm. message was always support him now. You'll have time for yours later. It's kind of like he's, living out this dream. So being a good partner is allowing him to have his dream right now, which is seen as this amazing, incredible opportunity, right? And so you're supporting him and handling everything else, the family, the whatever. And then when this is over, because it is not for long, then you'll have your chance, right? But, and, and I get it, women who are in that situation, the, the pressure or the mindset of that. And then you also have women whose um, goal in life is to be a mom and a wife. And they feel that their purpose is connected mm. to that and that mm -hmm. only. And you know what? I, that's fine. Who am I to play God and say what somebody's purpose is? But if you are like me and you have an inkling of I have these God-given gifts and spiritual gifts that I want to use outside of my household. If there's anything in you that at any time you're like, okay, the, the mom and the wife roles, they're great, but they aren't completely fulfilling me, then you have what I'm talking about. That means mm. you want to use your gifts for someone outside of your household. It's great to focus on household first. I'm a, a huge advocate of focusing on your family first. How can you tell anybody else how to live their life and, you know, give them advice if, if home isn't right. So definitely get that right first. But I, I just believe in the community, there's just this even unspoken narrative, sometimes spoken that like your time will come. But what you have to factor in is the free will of that man as well. You don't know what he's gonna act like when it's now your turn. Is he going to be okay with the with the roles reversing? Is he going to be just as supportive? What is he going to still need your support afterward based on his mindset or what he's going through? What's going to happen in the world? You know, you're going to you might be going through an identity crisis trying to figure out, okay, he's done playing now. You know, I'm trying to figure out what what I'm into, what I like, what I enjoy. And so all we're saying is you can prevent 
a lot of that heartache, a lot of that confusion, if you think about it now, while he's still yeah. playing, if you if and if you go after yours from the get go, rather than thinking that your time will come later in life. Now, it may work out for you that you just start up when he's done and it works out that way. That's great. But it's just been my experience from talking to different athlete wives that usually that's not the case. And there's a lot of heartache and, you know, even the divorce rates show it. The divorce rates are so high. Um, and even finances, you look at the, the statistics for the amount of at least NFL and NBA athletes that go broke within like five years. Oh, yeah, uh, it's over here too. Yeah, okay, yeah. it might be like 60 to 80% for both of those statistics, divorce rates and going broke. So when you look at that, you see that there's a breakdown in the messaging, like something's not right with the message, something's not right with the mindset, with the way we're doing things. So to me, I would say one of the big things is the woman putting so much on hold while he fulfills his dream. So we're just speaking to that and trying to change it. And I think it's great what you're doing and, and coaching the women on that. Um, it can make a huge difference in their lives. Now, before we move further into this episode, I wanted to share with you that the doors for my brand new program, the Trophy Life Academy, are now open. I know, exciting times. This is a six months coaching and mentoring program for women with successful partners who are ready to prioritize themselves and their own entrepreneurial goals. The Trophy Life Academy is going to support you in successfully stepping into your power, scaling your business to 10K months, and taking your relationships to new heights. I mean, who doesn't want that? You're going to be receiving high-level coaching and mentoring from me, myself, and I, lifetime access to a membership suite, which is full of all things that you're going to need to get yourself to where you want to be. It is split into three departments, reality, riches, and relationships. As well as all of this good stuff, you're going to have access to a private community where you'll be able to ask your further questions and gain feedback from myself and the team in between your coaching calls. Now, inside of this community, you're also going to be able to connect with other incredible trophy lifers from around the world. So we got to make sure that inside this program, there are only women that are fully going for it. In order to learn more about the Trophy Life Academy and to see if it is for you, I invite you to book in a call with me at www.isabellalevy.com forward slash talk. From there, we're going to be able to get you booked in with a call and see if the program is a perfect fit for you. Thank you. It seems that from what I hear, like you really did have this strong identity before moving into being a partner and you were already in the complete athlete world. So you already had a really good understanding and knowledge of, of everything. So when yeah. you decided to pick up a move, you know, you said that you did feel that you wanted, you didn't have that whole tank fulfilled. Like there was other areas that you really wanted to, to go after outside of the household. And you know that you wanted to go after your gift. Now going after your gift isn't always easy and sometimes it can be so scary and sometimes you can feel like you failed one day and then you succeed in the next day. Mm -hmm. How did you overcome that type of fear? Because I guess everyone really does have it. So what were those fears that did come up for you and then how did you really overcome it? For sure. Well, first, I just think having a voice and standing up for what you believe in is very powerful. And that's something that I want to pass down to my children. Um, it's kind of like what they say, 
stand for something or fall for anything. And I'm just a huge believer in telling your story because if you don't tell your story, someone else will and create their own narrative for you. So I just think it's really important to control the narrative. Um, just some of those fears that come after chasing your dream and and making your dream a reality um, have to do with showing people who you really are. And it's such a buzzword now, authenticity and being authentic. But I think it's really important to be authentic. But it 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 does take courage to show people the real you because we live in this world, especially now where it's filtered. Everything on the internet is carefully curated and, and thought out. And sometimes I rebel against that. I'm like, I am not going to have the carefully curated grid and the carefully thought out captions. And, you know, so I go back and forth with that, seeing the value in that and then wanting to rebel against that because mm -hmm. I just, you know, um, but, but yeah, it's, it's definitely human nature to, to care what other people think. And sometimes I still fall into that trap. Like you spend all this time creating content and then you might not get the response that you want. Mm -hmm. and you're like, man, I just, you know, okay. It wasn't as great as I thought, you know, but, <laughs> but you can, you can, you can fall back into that trap sometimes. But I think knowing I'm operating at my highest frequency when I'm being my truest self, regardless of the response has helped. So mm -hmm. just being self-aware of, okay, what does it look like to vibrate at that highest frequency versus coming back down when I'm vibrating at a lower frequency and I'm actually shrinking myself based on what other people are thinking. I can't accomplish anything great like that. You know, you shared about, you know, it's really important to be authentic. And then it's like, well, then you, you go against like, wait, but they're doing that and they're getting attention. Something that I always share um, to, you know, to my community, to my clients, and I want to share to the audience is like, once you've got people's attention, then you can really show them your authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. And something that I always do, no matter what, is I yeah. create my behind the scene authentic content first, and then I glitz and glamour up to look good, but I never start with the glitz and glamour. Yeah, so I that's think so like good. Yeah, I think if more people like like started with their own their own grit and they just pushed like all of their like, you know, messiness into it and came out with that content and then allowed the front bit to look like more polished, um it's about, you know, getting someone's attention but then really showing them showing them what they need to know. It's kind of like, you know, sell them what they want and give them give them what they need. So I thought that was a trick for my audience listeners out there but handing it back over to you for tip number yeah, two. Yeah, for sure. Well, just to speak on that, that, I mean, that's a that's a great tip. And that's why you've been able to to build up this business and this, this coaching side of your business. And um, yeah, that's something that I will take with me. So thank you for sharing that. Um, cool. Yeah, so also faith. I mean, just to put it simply, I've never done anything big or accumulated anything worth having without God. So I always keep him first. I always pray over my decisions, especially my business decisions. I pray over discernment where it, when, it con when it concerns certain people who I'm bringing into my circle, who I'm bringing on my team, and then also the messages I share. And, and because of that relationship I've cultivated, he also gives me these downloads that I know need to be shared with other people. So 
when I'm compelled to share, I just do it without question. I've gotten mm. to that point. And so that is a, a big reason why I'm able to overcome those fears. Yeah, on the faith part, I'm really, you know, strengthening my relationship with God because, um, or deepening my relationship with God more that I wanna that I wanna say, like you said, that you pray over before, like you put anything out. Like sometimes I know that I can get myself into a spin and I'll forget to lead with source and I'll try go into like all of this strategy. And again, just sharing what's not and what's worked for me. It's like, if I lead with strategy, it's never successful. But if I mm-hmm. leave with source and I leave with God, like it always it always is. And I'm not 100% sure what it, what the exact words are in the Bible. This is just the message that I got from it. But it does say something along the along the lines of what you said. Like if you have God at the source of, of everything, you know, especially in, in your business, like that is what's meant to be anyway. And at the, you know, at the heart of your business is also you, which is, you know, the soul that God put in you too. Um, so I really love what you shared about not just praying on like your decisions, but praying on your team, praying on what you're putting out there, like what you're actually sharing. It's something that I'm going to adapt more of because sometimes I can get into the whole like CEO version of myself and this needs to be done. That needs to be done. And it just, it you can feel just like out of alignment a little bit. Yes. It's like, you know, you need to go back, back into prayer and just I think just not last week, the week before that, I was feeling so disconnected, like so disconnected. Mm-hmm. Even like with sharing stuff in my business, I was just like, this is feeling like so icky. And it was because I was so in my head and not in my heart at all. And as soon as I like, and it didn't just take the first day, as soon as I went back into prayer, I started like praying five times a day, like <laughs> in it, in it, in it. As soon as I went in, like the third day, I started to see like all my confirmations again and stuff. And I just think, you know, sometimes we really can can push faith to the side and think we think we know better when you've not got that like super deep strong connection which is something that I'm, I'm developing um, mm-hmm. and it's something that I really just learned from you what you shared there and I'm gonna integrate it even more so thank you for sharing that with You're me as welcome. well yeah and it's a journey you know I don't always get it right I mean we all at one point or another fall off the path of you know mm-hmm. where we once were or where we'd like to be and so it's a it's a constant evolution for me as well, but it's one that's proven. I think it was Jada Pinkett Smith who said it's a brilliant design, like how God designed us. It's a brilliant design because we have to connect back to him to be the highest version of ourselves. And he created us mm. that way. Like, yes, mm, mm, <laughs> just from that, I just listened to an interview with Lewis House and Bob Proctor and Bob Proctor says that there is actually perfection in us because that's what God created, but it's all about finding that perfection. So speaking about where we want to be, um, where I really want to be at the moment is ready to be planning for my wedding, which was supposed to be happening in June, which is now postponed. And now because of the leagues and everything, we don't know when it's going to be happening again. Um, And it's something that, you know, I'm trusting in. And I know that marriage is the most in the most important part of this. It's not just about the, the wedding. I just really have want that celebration um, as well as, as we, as we all do. So after being with my partner for 10 years, you know, people say like, trust me, it's so different when you go into marriage. And I'm like, Gil, it's going to be fine. We've lived yeah. together. We've done this together. Now I know that you've been married with your partner for how many years now is it? Uh, five in June. Yeah, five years. I wanted to just make sure before I, I shared that. Um, you've been with your partner for five years. What 
marriage advice do you have for me moving into my marriage and for all the listeners that are listening for it as well? Yeah, well, first of all, congratulations. Thank That's you. That's super exciting. Our anniversary is also in June. We were affected by the pandemic as well because we were going to go on our five-year anniversary in Jamaica, the overwater bungalows, you know, that you have oh, on your vision board. Of course, I, I know the ones on the vision yeah, board. I haven't done that yet. So I was like, let's, let's do it. Let's, you know, leave because our youngest, he will be a year next month. So I feel, you know, we have, it'll be like having a four-year-old and one-year-old. So I was like, okay, it's finally time for us to, you know, mm. take a trip like that. And we had to cancel because of all of the travel restrictions and just to be safe. So totally get it. It's nothing compared to an actual wedding though. So we actually have some friends that have postponed theirs as well. So just crazy mm. times we're living in, but I'm super excited to see the photos and hear all about it. I know you'll have some great content around that. I cannot wait honestly we did we did so much detail to an absolute t that what we pray on is that we're just still able to have it in a sunny location because everything we prepared and already planned like is designed for for a destination wedding so we're just like fingers crossed that wherever the next contract is that it's just going to be as beautiful of where we are of where we are today but that's all things wedding and you guys will definitely all see about that but moving more into into the marriage piece did yep. you see like I know you got engaged after after 10 months and it went pretty quick for you mm-hmm. what did you see a difference in the shift between like just being together in that partnership than then actually being united as one in a marriage oh yeah for sure and I have friends that in your similar situation they've been together for a while they may live together or have lived together for years they might have children together or a child together and so they feel like they'll be no difference. I can't speak to every relationship, what works for every couple, you know, could be different. But the advice I would have for anybody who's engaged or recently married, just marriage advice is number one, sounds cliche, but it would definitely be to to keep God first. So one thing we did, we did the premarital counseling. And then also to piggyback off that, do the inner work. Like I was going over before, I am a huge believer that it's not about how many years you've been married, but how many years you've been happily married. And so to create that healthy, happy marriage, it takes two healthy, happy individuals. So I am a proponent of doing the therapy, going to the counselors, whether it's within your church or your ministers or whether you're paying for it, do the work individually and then together as a couple. It makes such a difference. I don't think I would still be married without my faith. That's just to be super transparent. It is wow. that it is that important. Um, because you're growing together, right? And who I was in my 20s is so different than who I was in my 30s. And same with him. When we met, right. I was a personal trainer. He was a professional athlete. Now we're both business owners and he's a barber. It's a completely different dynamic. We have two kids now, two young kids. I may or may not want one more. I don't know. But I mean, it's a completely different (laughs) dynamic shift. And so for me to be real and just think about what has kept us going, it's, it's that it's, it's my faith and us keeping God first. And then, and then doing the inner work. Anytime our marriage is out of alignment, it can be traced back to one of us being unhappy with 
whatever's going on with us personally. So those two things um, have the tough conversations ahead of time to see if you have a unified vision or if you can compromise to get there. So what those tough conversations look like are, what specifically do you want your life to look like in 10 years and 20 years? Do you wanna have kids or not? If so, how many? And if yes to kids, what will the support system look like? What will the childcare look like? Are we gonna have grandma live in house with us? Are we gonna have a nanny or is that all gonna fall on mom or dad, one of the parents? Um, is a religion a big part of your daily life? So what is your faith mm. going to look like? What city are you going to live in? What city do you want to live in? Or is it multiple? Will you travel? What will you do for work? One bank account, prenup or not? We didn't have a prenup. But when you're living in the pro athlete world, that's a big conversation. You'd mm -hmm. be surprised. It's like, you know, like Kanye said, we want prenup. And a lot of the guys will want prenups or they have their own narrative around finances and they're super scared to to share mm -hmm. that as well so you have to have those tough conversations and get clear on that vision because that's a big yep. thing that plays out in marriage is whether or not your visions align and if they don't you're gonna see problems in your marriage just some other things so i gave you god first do the inner work have the tough conversations also, just remember to serve each other and keep dating one another. That's something that can get lost when you start adding more and more responsibilities. Our lives have changed from when we were engaged. It's, it's, we lived a certain lifestyle where it was just all about us and what we wanted to do. And we lived on top of the world like we have not a care in the world. And matter of fact, when we heard, you know, it, it, you're ahead of the curve because you're, you're asking me this and heeding to this advice. I think sometimes when you're you're younger and you're on top of the world, you don't even care to think about those things. You're like, yeah, that's right. far off in the distance somewhere, 10 years. I don't want to hear you talk about how hard it's going to be and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, just when, when you start adding more responsibilities and things to the table, just remember to, to keep dating each other, keep that weekly date night and, and keep and outserve one another. Mm. So, so yeah. I want to say, is that it? I think those are the big things. Yeah, one thing that I clinged onto was when you spoke about the the prenup because it's such a big conversation that always gets spoken about, you know, with, within women. And I think that finances are such an intimate discussion. Um, and you're not just like, you know, marrying and putting putting a ring on it. You are marrying you both together and therefore you're you're marrying your money stories as well. And therefore, I think that that can be so difficult if you've not had the conversations. Like my partner, Kenji, he knows what's going to trigger me about money because he knows my past. He knows that I came from a family that was very wealthy. And then we just went to absolutely nothing. My dad went to prison and, and yada, yada, yada. So wow. I was always, you know, the person that I was like, okay, I know that you can have it one minute, but it can be, it be lost the next. So you need to make sure, you know, that, that you're set up. Um, and then Kenji, on the other hand, you know, his dad was, was an athlete. He's done really well for, for himself. Kenji got a, a pro contract at such a young age and, and was on a really good contract too. So as you said, like not a care in the world. And for me, for me to live with someone and for me to, for me to see that someone doesn't have a care in the world, that makes me feel uneasy. So it was about, two years ago now where we sat down and I really had to have that difficult conversation. And it, you know, it, it was taken so, so 
well. Um, and of course, you know, everyone's got their own decisions on on prenup or, or not. For me, that's just something that, um, you know, I said to Kenji, you're the one standing a prenup. Um, <laughs> that's something that, you know, I really want to build our finances, build our finances together. And really, yeah, we both got our both individual goals. And then I want to merge them together to have our own unified goals and to be able to, to leave a legacy because that's what my vision is. I want to make sure that when I go, my 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 kids' kids um, can, can remember who we are and actually they've got something from what we created as well. So I love what you said about having the, the shared vision and having the difficult conversations because it's the only way you're going to be able to navigate through through the journey of this life. For sure. For sure. You're ahead of the game. Lashana, thank you <laughs> so much for thank being you. here with us today. I so appreciate it. Where can my podcast people find more of you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Lashana Martin. That is L-E-S-H-O-N-D-A Martin. And also Lashonda.com is my personal blog. If you are a woman, a woman in sports, whether you work in sports, pro athlete, wife, dating someone, please connect to us on social media. Our Instagram is at the sports sorority and our website is the sports Awesome. As always, guys, the links will be in the comments below. I would love it if you reached out to me and I'm sure LaShonda would love it if you reached out to her too to share us what your biggest takeaway was from this session. I mean, I know that there was loads. I'm going to even go back and watch my own podcast. What? This <laughs> my own podcast, sorry. To get all of the juiciness takeaways. So LaShonda, just once again, thank you so much. Thank you, Isabella. Have a great one.